0: Welcome in to another episode of the European Soccer Betting Podcast on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Took a little bit of us to join her last week with um, my man Griffin Warner here traveling, gallivanting across the world. I believe you're in uh, Germany, uh, Vienna maybe, or Germany at this point. Where, where are you at currently? Where in the world is Griffin Warner?
1: Oh, good question. Carmen San Diego, and me. Um, yeah, I'm in Leipzig, Germany, eastern eastern side. Uh, i got Hungary visiting the German national team tomorrow, going to that match. And uh, really, really looking forward to coming to the U.S., i got to say. Only a couple days away.
0: Right. We were talking a little bit before the podcast. It's annoying how often Germans will speak German while you're in Germany. Is it not? (laughs) I mean, that is their language,
1: and it's up to them. But I do feel like there's an inside joke being told (laughs) at all times, and I'm not a part of it.
0: That's so true. When I, I was in uh when you when you go to Brazil, the thumbs up is a big is a big hand signal. <laughs> I want to really bad. Is that a bad hand signal or a good one? I'm thinking it's a bad one. Uh it's 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 generally the same meaning as the thumbs up in America. However, it has this immense sarcastic import like 50% of the time where like you're in traffic and you have know, thumbs uh, up, man. Uh. So I'm never quite sure, and because I don't speak Portuguese that well, uh, I'm I'm not sure if I was being if 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 I was if I should have been offended once or twice or or ten times. Well, I feel like there's that's being in another country. That's part of the fun. Yeah, I
1: feel like there's some politicians that have gone over to uh, Brazil and said some things that meant very different things than they expected. So um, (laughs) hopefully that won't be me uh, tomorrow because I want to make sure I make it back to the
0: U.S. Go Lula. That's all I'll say about Brazilian politics. I saw that one uh, YouTube clip. It's pretty inspirational. All right. This is the European Soccer Betting Podcast, and it's a great time to join us because my man is Griffin and Warner is in Germany for a reason on a little bit of reconnaissance. It is the international break. And one of the reasons we started this podcast when we did is looking forward to um, a little early Christmas present in November, the World Cup, the 2022 World Cup is hitting us soon, so what better time than this little break where teams join up with their national teams and try to win some friendlies? Then to talk about the World Cup, little early look ahead. Who might be some value picks? Who's the favorites? We'll get into all of it. So without further ado, World Cup 2022, the favorite. It was a little bit choppy for most of uh, the buildup, but coming in the final stretch of the preseason of this World Cup, Brazil is solidified as the consensus favorite at plus 450 followed by France at six to one England at plus 650 now there's a lot of variance with these different books and I'll get into a little bit why I think that is the case but I chose a uh, European books mostly as they are more soccer um, manic and you know care more about it more money definitely changing hands on the futures market in Europe so bet 365 bet Victor those kind of things came into my consensus and I'll get into uh, some American books have a little different biases that I'll get into. Brazil, the favorite. Do you think it's justified, or is France, England, is somebody else really on paper a better team? I think it is justified. Um, I think Brazil are the strongest team, strongest nation.
1: They have so much depth. They have so much talent that um, there are a lot of these nations that are unfortunately smaller and have – limited resources where if somebody goes down, um, there's not a lot of, uh, certainly teams like France have a, a ton of great players, England as well. Um, but I think Brazil are strongest and deepest, and I,
0: I would make them the favorite as well. Brazil, of course, five times winners. There's been 21 World Cups, so about little less than a quarter of the time and 15% implied odds. say uh, Maybe it's a down year for Brazil. I mean, they don't have Ronaldinho or Ronaldo or Pele at the moment, but... <laughs> Neymar's not bad. Gabriel Jesus. Jesus, as they say in Brazil, not Jesus, as they say in Mexico. Not bad. All right, what do you make of uh, France being number two? Uh, you told me off air you were a little bearish on France. England in some books have better odds. Argentina in some books have better odds. But consensus, France number two, obviously defending champions. What do you make of their shot?
1: So France, you know, it can't can't argue the talent. I mean, they're clearly one of the best. Uh, nations out there in terms of talent, probably equal or very close to, to Brazil. I just feel like there's a lot more behind this team structure, uh, following some really disappointing results in the Euro 2020, where they were basically being picked by everyone to win, I think. Um, that didn't go great. They've had big, big like cultural or locker room fractures in the past, uh, crashing out of the 2010 World Cup in South Africa comes to mind when there's essentially a rebellion uh, in the training grounds, while matches were about to be played that week, um, it's hard to say that that same thing's happening right now, especially not being inside the locker room. But it was made pretty public during the Euro that Kylian Mbappe and Olivier Giroud and Karim Benzema weren't all getting along very well, and that unfortunately is important because they all have to play together to each up each other up for goals. Um, I, I just I feel like France is going to be picked as one of the most likely champions, and they they deserve to be. I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if they disappoint yet again. I just I don't know that we ever have believed in their manager, Didier Deschamps, and I'm not really sure that we can really trust them further than we can throw them at this point.
0: I was a big fan of France in twenty eighteen. Uh I mean in the betting markets. I was I was bullish on them throughout. Had a big bet on them for Croatia, minus two hundred. But I, I kind of uh I'm kind of off the bandwagon and it's really just you know, the timelines of each of their best players was kind of at a, an apex in 2018. Pogba was really desperate to, you know, show that he's a world-class player again. Griezmann at that point of his career was one of the best forwards in the world. Now he's maybe a top 10 forward in Spain. Uh, Conte, we talked about how important he was. Chelsea's record, uh, you know, as good as ever when he's out there. Not good recently because he's not been out there. He's often injured. Uh Mbappe, he was kind of a bit player. He was one. He was like Pele age. He was 18. He was, you know, not a nice feature to a team that was built uh, not around him. We saw Terry Henry in '98. Wasn't the same later in his career when he was supposed to be the talisman doing everything. Never came up with the same success. You know, I guess with Zidane, uh, much later in his career, uh, they did make a final. But yeah, generally, much more bearish on France this time around. Uh, Maybe the opposite with England, our next team here. Third favorite. I thought England was a complete fugazi in the 2018 World Cup. I didn't think they deserved to beat almost any of the teams that they did, but they had a lot of players that were, you know, 17, 18, uh, 19, 20 that that are now, they should be, you know, Raheem Sterling in his prime, Harry Kane in his prime. Staden Sancho, much closer to his prime, you know, still a very young player. What do you make of England's chances? Surprising to you that they're ahead of teams like Argentina and uh, Spain? A little bit, though. I think there's a huge bias in a lot of these markets, especially from,
1: and not saying you did the wrong thing by any means, but I think what you're bringing from the more European-based books is there's so much money coming from uh, punters from the United Kingdom, essentially. And unfortunately, they do favor the idea that it's coming home. Hard to say that it will. Um, but England, I mean, they've got a ton of talent. They always do Birthplace of the game, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I just feel like there's an attitude within England that they're so much better than everyone else. And it rarely comes true considering how long it's been since the world cup has come home or a European championship or anything like that. Uh, and, and looking at their nation league play, I mean, you can certainly, uh, poo poo the, the, the motivation behind playing in that, in that league or that event. Um, but they, haven't had a win in all four match days so far in the nation's league, including two separate losses to Hungary. I'm going to see tomorrow who are an up and coming team, but aren't playing in the world cup. Really. um, We're in a tough group in in the Euro and weren't really that impressive, but then the goal is draw with Italy. uh, Unimpressive match day three. And then uh, also a one, one draw with with Germany on the road, which I guess probably give us some credit for, but they're just a team that I, I feel like is stuck with really really heavy expectations and, and their talent is not in that level and I, I think that's the hardest part for any English side is the expectations are monstrous the talent is there but a lot of their players play for Manchester United and they're all really disappointing to me.
0: Right, Gen- generally you play for Manchester United you're overrated in the marketplace I think that's I think that's fair. All right, Argentina seven to one, Spain eight to one. I'll ask you like this toss up gun to your head. Well, I guess that's pretty dark if you have an eight to one shot to win. Gun your head. So let's flip it around. A uh, million dollar free roll. Argentina or Spain to win it all. I have an off the wall opinion, uh, but I want to hear, hear your take first. Uh, two two teams very close in the odds. Argentina and Spain. Oh. Okay. Well, I, I'm very much looking forward to the off the wall opinion,
1: but I'll side with the market here. It's boring, but I, I feel like Spain has real goal scoring issues. They're going to possess the ball similar to the tiki-taka that was played for Barcelona for years and years. And part of why I think Spain won back-to-back-to-back World Cup in Euros, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But that like lifestyle or that that style, I mean, it still exists, maybe not the same level that it was back in those days. And Barcelona was the best team in the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now they're doing three Polancas just to, to even pay for players to get registered for their clubs. So things have changed a little bit, especially financially in Spain as well. Um, I think Argentina can score goals. And I think that's the most important thing. On the, at this level, when most most countries have enough defenders to field a team, I think you really need to find goals and really the difference makers that put the ball in the net. And Lionel Messi, I mean, say what you want with what he's doing at, at PSG, where they're murdering everyone each week. I feel like that's going to, put him in like the perfect position fatigue-wise or health-wise, certainly an injury to him would be a big, big shock and and difficult problem that would cause for for Argentina. But I like what I've seen so far. I mean, the the great momentum from winning the Cup of America, which does matter to them, and beating Brazil was a big deal as well. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of confidence coming in.
0: That's the most important thing in this game. Yes, 1-0 victors. Lionel Messi gets off the snide, wins an international tournament. They win the Copa America for the first time in the 90s. Since that game, Brazil's gone 13 games, 13 times undefeated with 10 victories in there. So Argentina, pretty pretty good. There's a reason why they're plus 500 here in Vegas at the Westgate second favorites. Uh, you talk about how taking European averages probably shows some pro- biases, especially teams like England with a lot of betters, but also just generally European money, uh, where in America, Argentina's second favorite, my first thought when I saw Argentina was second favorite, which was, you know, off market with the rest of uh, with many other books. You know, Lionel Messi bias. Most people that know one soccer player, rightfully so, uh, know Lionel Messi. So here's my off the wall opinion. It's Spain. And it's not because I've done a deep dive on the 11 man squad that I come to this opinion. It's the fact that they're closer to guitar than Argentina is. Now hear me out hear me out obviously we know being the host country is a big deal six out of the 21 times the host country has won it obviously when you come to a tournament with 32 teams you're winning it you know a third of the time the host country that's that's a pretty big deal when the world cup's been in europe 10 out of the 11 times a european team has won when the world cup has been in south america five out of the six times only germany in 2014 broke that streak a South American team has won in the Americas seven out of eight. So there's been three World Cups outside of uh, Europe or South America. One in Japan, Brazil won in 2002. One in Africa, where Spain, this Spain, talking about that World Cup win, Europe Euro Cup win, Euro Cup win. You know, sandwiched around a World Cup win, uh, they did that. And what was the third one here? Oh, it's this one. Oh, yeah, it's this one. So those are the two, and it's this one. So my general thesis is that cr- proximity to your home base with all the fans coming in has made a difference. Oh, yeah, and if you want to you use this split, if you do like Eastern-Western hemisphere, there's been 21 World Cups 18 times. The World Cup winner has been from the same hemisphere, same body clocks generally. You, know, you t- You're in Germany. You can speak to this. It's a little bit different being thrown off. 18 out of the 21 times so generally the same talent the market is telling me this trend here maybe it's nothing maybe i'm uh like charlie with walls and talking about pepe silva pepe silvia newspapers and pins and you know what i'm talking about maybe so i don't know i threw it out there that's my theory if you had a gun to your head million dollar free roll whatever it is spain i think has a better chance what do you think about that crazy theory
1: I mean, it's not crazy. There's a lot of thoughts about um, being unable to win in certain hemispheres. I think that was kind of answered by Germany in Brazil way back when. Uh, Maybe that was 2014, something like that, I want to say. I do think that one thing you'd want to consider with Argentina, if you are considering betting against their body clocks, is that um, their entire starting lineup plays in Europe. It's a good point. Um, I'm looking at their last match match uh they're starting to line up against ecuador and i mean every single player that's on that list plays in europe so i think that helps though so i do think this is going to be a very weird world cup where there's i mean the stadiums are all brand new air conditioned all that sort of stuff it's happening in the winter it's also happening in the desert um there's gonna be weird alcohol restrictions as well and there's going to be very very few hotels unfortunately i don't think uh, that will be available and they will be at a very, very expensive cost. So to me, I think you might want to even look at uh, disposable income in some of these countries if you really want to go econ into it. I like that. And seeing who has more money to travel, who has more interest in that. I I think that that might mean something, though. Ultimately, these are a lot of neutral sites, uh, even
0: for the home team. One of the best parts about this World Cup is there is a lot of data we can bring to it. And at the same time, this is a completely new venue, new environment, teams taking – Club season's off, you know, six weeks in mid season. Uh maybe it's gonna produce better football. It's also gonna be hot even in November. Uh gonna be very interesting. You can tell us how hot it is or cold it is or rainy in Germany right now. That's where you're at. They're 10 to 1. What do you make of them? Yep. It's uh sorry, it's yeah, so it's it's like 50
1: degrees here uh Fahrenheit. Don't please don't make me do. Celsius, I don't know the conversion. Um, (laughs) I I think Germany's got a similar problem to Spain Um, high expectations with not a lot of goal scorers. Um, They've been working a lot on trying to kind of go with a youth movement. And I'm interested to see kind of what lineup they play tomorrow because not that everything will be guaranteed or set in stone by this set uh, international window, but I think it does speak to where the managers are thinking and ultimately gives you a blueprint of kind of what style they want to play. And then we'll see who ends up fitting into it based on little small injuries and who's maybe missing a little bit of time, et cetera, et cetera. But um, these these international breaks are weird. It doesn't really jive with an American sports calendar at all, but it's kind of how it goes. Like it's similar to what I would call the Olympics coming, but usually happens multiple times a year. And the Olympics certainly doesn't do that when hockey takes a break forward or something like that. but I, I think Germany's got to figure out a goal-scoring angle or avenue. Um, they haven't had one for a while, and they are they did a great job in finally getting rid of their old manager and bringing in Hansi Flick. Um, but he hasn't really shown a lot of great results just yet, and I think this international window is a big stepping stone for them. Um, they're still going to be so, so strong and so talented because they've got a lot of great players. But, you know, I, I just feel like there's a there's a bit of a divide from – Brazil and even France than the rest of the the sides that are are listed
0: here. well to Germany's credit and to Spain's credit and Argentina credit and everyone that we've talked about so far they've all won the World Cup and you want to do different database searches winning the World Cup is a great precedent for winning the World Cup all the teams we've talked about have done it eight out of the last 10 winners of the World Cup have won it before 10 out of 20 overall obviously don't count the first one if that trend breaks it's going to be one of these next teams: Portugal, Netherlands, Belgium, all in the same range, twelve to one ish. Is there a sl- is there a sleeper here? Portugal's interesting to me. Ronaldo getting on in age, but like Messi, you know, one more steroid shot, one more tournament, I could see him doing anything. And they have a lot of younger uh, players coming up that uh, that I, I I could see them being a sleeper at twelve to one. Uh of these of this group, who do you think who do you think has the best shot? I think it's Portugal.
1: Um, there is certainly plenty of, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the sterling reputation of Cristiano Ronaldo is, is certainly has certainly lost its luster. Um, but they, I mean, they're kind of a nasty group, I gotta say, and I, I say that in a very nice way. They uh, will really restrict their opponents, whether that's found the heck out of you or um, wasting as much time as they can. It's kind of the way they've done things. Uh, I think they're another team with goal-scoring issues, but I feel like when there's so many good ones that are struggling in that same area, that a, a good defense and maybe some Ronaldo magic um, or maybe Bruno Fernandes finally doing something in the international game because he's starting to play a little bit better uh, domestically in the Premier League. Maybe that's that's the one for me. I think Netherlands, just to touch on them, they have a great offense. I worry about their defense. I think Belgium uh, doesn't have as good of an offense. They have a a very old and very concerning defense. So I feel like they're they're the least
0: likely of that three. Quick question on Belgium. What happened to Eden Hazard? He was the number one commodity in the world. He goes to Real Madrid. I haven't heard from him. What happened to the, the best Belgian player, supposedly, Eden Hazard? Uh, he admitted
1: to coming to training camp overweight um, when he left Chelsea or signed that big transfer deal to, to move to Real Madrid. And I think one injury after another um, led to a surgery that had a screw put in the shin. And I think that there was like an unsurgery. So like they basically undid what they had done before years ago, uh, just recently within the past year or so. So I think it was a mixture of maybe feeling like you made the promised land. You did what you had set out to do your whole career type stuff. And then, the injury bug came. And as you get older, sadly, in soccer, if you're 28 years old, you're kind of coming to the end of your rope at some times. And um, that makes me feel like a, in, an elderly person. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's certainly one of those things you got to think about. And I don't know if he'll ever be the same, unfortunately, because he was a, a huge talent that everyone really had high hopes for. And, and probably a lot of, lot of Belgium were, were expecting he would bring them uh, as close to glory as possible.
0: You have him, Gareth Bale, kind of fluttered at Real Madrid. Kaká, who seemed like the greatest guy in the world, personality-wise. He, like, quit to, like, run churches in Brazil or something. But sometimes it works. Sometimes you get Cristiano Ronaldo, Madrid coming over from Tottenham. Sometimes it works with the Galactico comes to Madrid. Hopefully it turns around for him and Belgium's chances. But they were they – were, 2018, that was like, okay, they're right there with anybody. Now, let's see, like, ninth favorite – not not exactly the same. He, they've taken the same path as Azar, just out of sight, out of mind. This is what you all been waiting for. USA and some books in America, 80 to one, 50 to one. I took a five book consensus of European books, including William Hill, which does a lot of American business, but is a European book. Every single one of them at 100 to one. Every single one said 100 to one. Is that just a nice round number? Is USA being underrated? Are they Are they dissing us? Should we respond with our wallets? Uh Christian Polisic. Is, is there any hope can we do this thing? I mean, in nineteen fifty we were like fourth or something. So we, we we've been there before. Man, I I'd like
1: to be bullish on the US's chances. I think we're in a really tough group. Um unfortunately, uh I think England is a really tough team to draw, though certainly could be worse. I mean, Brazil would have been really, really bad, I think. But uh ultimately England was a tough draw. Iran, I think, is better than you'd expect as they have some players in the top leagues in Europe. Um, I don't know that they're of a good enough defensive quality to hang around, and we're probably going to dominate a lot of the ball in this group. Um, But then Wales and sneaky Gareth Bale, who seems to take all his tour all right before he plays for the national team. (laughs) And he's awesome and terrifying and is really, really scary, even though he shouldn't be anymore. You could say sim- similar things for Aaron Ramsey, who's now on on loan at Nice, I believe, in the French League. Um, similar story, and they're going to go and defend you like crazy as long as they can. And unfortunately, the best players in the US they don't play regularly, um, and that is a big, big concern. Like I went to the Dortmund match last weekend, and literally it took a like a fractured ankle or whatever was reported for Marco Royce just to get Gio Reyna in the match, and he was like one of our biggest prospect prodigies coming in like the last few years. So we just don't have enough guys playing right now, unfortunately.
0: USA, Wales, there's a lineup. Who do you think is a slight favorite? I'll give you that hint. It's a slight DLE, but who's a favorite? Yeah, I would think
1: the U.S. would be, but I partly think that's about the money that's invested and
0: how much money is in Wales versus in the U.S. That is next-level thinking. So not only are you appropriately handicapping the talent level, old man Gareth Bale and youngie, young and Christian Pulisic, but you're also pricing in the market bias. Well, you're correct, sir. About a, a little bit less than a quarter-goal favorite. Uh, you got to pay some juice. USA favorite over Wales. All right, they right, let's, let's get into some games. Let's get into some games before you have a best bet uh, on some international teams. Uh, first one up, let's stick with the USA. Uh, USA-Japan. What do you make of it? I'll let, I'll let you get the first crack. I believe the match is being played in Dusseldorf, which is
1: funny because I was like just kind of over there. And I feel like if there was ever a match for me to go to, I should have gone to that one. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't know about that one ahead of time. So, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. 20 um, Japan, I think, are really talented. Um, they have, maybe not so much offensively, but they have a really, really great, um, defensive mindset, and I feel like it always works in the World Cup. Um, I saw that they're at least on Bet Online; they were a very slight favorite with a lot of juice um, on the US as a quarter goal underdog. Um, I would imagine this one will close. Pick them. Probably is a pretty close matchup, and uh, it probably depends on on who gets the best chance in front of goal. So probably lean under if I had to put something out there for the people.
0: Well, I'm glad I do this podcast with you cuz I kind of leaned over I was going to do a little pizza bet when I heard uh, you know some folks talking about it, but when you mention it, this is kind of a a preview uh uh a warm-up tournament for the World Cup which is right around the corner. It's like the NBA season, it's right around the corner. And uh yeah, so probably Japan's defense weighs in. You've convinced me. I'm not definitely not betting the over. Lean to the under makes sense to me. All right, Brazil They've, like I've said, have not lost in 13 games since that Copa America 1-0 loss. 13 games undefeated. They are a goal and a half favorite, 2-2 goals at Ghana or playing Ghana on a neutral site. What do you make of this matchup? Um, I think I've waxed
1: poetic about my feelings about Brazil, and I'm hoping that they will uh, come through for me. Um, But, I mean... I think the hardest thing and what I'm trying to work on and feel free tweet at me someone who has some thoughts on this please please let me know um I wonder about um if I'm potentially overrating the smaller nations like Africa not that they're small nations but I think their expectations are considerably smaller than a lot of the teams in these tournaments um also the the Asian Federation as well I feel like there's a lot more talent in those areas than you would expect. And they don't have the big, big names that you would hope to, to go up against the, the Brazilians that have the, the best player on each club team you've heard of, and their backups sometimes on the Brazilian national team. Now, there's big motivation questions in any international friendly, um, big motivation questions pretty much anytime. time. But I do think that if you're putting both these teams on face value on what they could be, um brazil are just so strong that i don't think i'm willing to lose any money against them i gotta say um but i think from a ghana point of view i think they're stronger than a lot of people would expect and that there's a lot to me the the world cup this this upcoming time and i'm not sure that it's been different from years in the past i just feel like there's a lot of teams that are very close to each other i don't think brazil is necessarily uh too close to ghana but you never know when you're given two goals in a match um i certainly wouldn't uh, probably get involved in Ghana until I got that full plus two instead of the one and three quarters you mentioned. But um I think I'm, I'm interested to see what the Black Stars do because I think they're a little bit more talented than people think.
0: Yeah, full agreement for me. In fact, I don't have a best bet for this podcast, but this is my favorite bet bet. This is my favorite pizza bet. Ghana plus two lay a little bit of juice to get the full plus two. Couple things here. One, proximity theory. I've said it before Uh, just recently on this podcast gotten a little bit closer to France and Brazil okay that's that's kind of fun that's not really really handicapped this one is Brazil had the game of their lives Neymar wasn't there but they still could have won the Copa America kept Messi trophyless on the international stage and they didn't do it they lost 1-0 since that game they've been on a mission 13 undefeated who's this game bigger for Brazil doesn't want to have a 19-game winning streak going into the World Cup. I mean, they wouldn't mind it, but it's not ideal to have that and the pressure to win the World Cup. I mean, that's the biggest deal in the world, to get number six for Brazil. This is a letdown game. This game in France, in Stadio Ocean, doesn't really matter that much, I think, to Neymar and the boys. Ghana, this would test their mettle. They could always say throughout the training, right up all the way through November when they get a chance, you know, we did something. We beat brazil so it's 10 to 1 money line i think it'd be you know streak ends. streaks end on 13. i've noticed this jordan 1990 finals game two 13 made shots and he kind of took a tough fader missed a game four you just get you get off when you're 13 when you're like wow 13 in a row it's just too much folks spiritually mentally psych- psychically they can't handle it streaks end at 13 i've said it before 10 to 1 Sprinkle a little on the money line, but plus two will be my uh, my pizza bet for this podcast. Uh before we move on to our last game and uh best bets, which is where Griffin Warner is featured with the winners, had a great European soccer season, keeps it gonna keep it rolling right here. Uh what do you make of that uh, crazy craziness when it comes to, when it comes to uh streaks end at thirteen, Brazil can't keep it going. They're gonna let down, they're actually gonna drop this game to the much inferior Ghana. Uh, you know, I guess snowflakes uh, pigs do fly. Maybe
1: maybe that's the best way for me to reply. I I uh, I really I love the creativity, Mac. Um, and I <laughs> I never I, I honestly you always outdo
0: my expectations. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. It's 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 not an agreement of the handicap, but it's 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 a recognition of it. I like that. I like that. All right, let's get it. Let's let's get on to best bets before we do that. Let me save you a little bit of money. We're talking about the World Cup in 2022. Promo code at pregame.com. Go to pregame.com, use the promo code CUP20. I want to C U P 2 0. Get it? CUP20 is the promo code. Go to pregame.com. Most famous handicapper in the world, Steve Fezzix, there. Killing the NFL. So is the hitman. Killing the NFL. Griffin Warner killing baseball, A.J. Hoffman killing college football. We got plenty of handicappers doing their thing, understanding the sport at an expert level. Get their opinions, check out the forums, sign up, free account, $25. Do everything there is to do at pregame.com. And if you want to spend a little money there, why not save 20% off anything only for listeners of this podcast with the promo code CUP20. All right, you've patiently waited. The people want it. Bring it to him, Griffin Warner. What is your best bet for this international break?
1: Well, and before I get into that best bet, we, we can't forget Mackenzie Rivers' NBA picks coming out. Especially, I noticed you working in some NBA stuff into this podcast a little, bit you, more, sir. A little while ago. Thank um, you, sir. You're welcome. But uh, <laughs> I, I swear, I, the the NBA is, and I are on different planets at this point. So don't <laughs> listen to me about that stuff. Anyway, for my best bet, I'll give you uh, an international friendly And it's a team that I've kind of watched a lot over the last couple of seasons. Uh, And it's actually the Romania national team. They're getting a quarter of a goal on the road at Finland. And neither of these teams will be in the World Cup, but uh, you can still bet on these games and still make some money. Um, I I think Romania have a team that's going to grow a lot in the future. Uh, They have some players in in lower league teams or in Italy, in Scotland, all, all across. Whereas Finland, you know, the most famous Timo Puki and he is a man alone isolated on an island. And unfortunately Finland must win this matchup in order to cover the spread. I think that it's very, I mean, you might want to watch paint dry instead of this one and it could end nil nil. Um, but I do think there's enough attacking talent in the Romanian team that doesn't really seem to get the respect that deserves I've backed them a fair amount over the past couple of seasons. And I think they are good enough to win at Finland, I gotta say, but, uh, You also get paid a little bit if they draw. So uh, I'll go Romania plus one quarter
0: at Finland. I like it. Sprinkle a little bit on that money line. Why not? I like it. Romania to win in Europe. Hey, you know where they live? In Europe. Thank you very much. It's been a great podcast. All right. This has been a great podcast. Fun to do. Thank you, Griffin, for joining me. European Soccer Betting Podcast. International Break Edition. Griffin gave you the best bet. You can rewind and listen to it. I know if you skip to this part and you just listen to me, you can rewind and listen four or five minutes of this podcast, but uh, thanks. It's been fun. We'll see you guys next week.